I, I want to basically look at these verses um, back to back um, because I'm, I'm wanting you to connect some things together. And so, um, but let's begin tonight in Colossians chapter 1. Now, Colossians chapter 1 is just another one of those chapters in the Bible that is so, I mean, the whole Word of God is rich, don't misunderstand me, but there's certain places, man, it's just like, it's just so packed full of so much that you could sit there and study just word by word for, for a long, long time. And, um, and certainly this is one of those chapters in the Bible that really um, exalts Jesus and, and paints him in such beautiful word pictures and, and pictures of truth that uh, just absolutely um, draw our hearts to him. But I'm going to do my best just to focus on just one passage, and that's Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. And so it says this, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. One more time, this was the Apostle Paul's prayer for the church. And as we learned in class, there's nothing wrong with taking these prayers that we find because they're from the Holy Spirit. They're the Word of God, therefore they're Spirit-inspired. And we can also pray these same prayers over ourselves, over our families, over our family of faith, over other folks that we're connected to in life. And so here's another one of those prayers. He begins by saying, For this reason also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask... uh, that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will, His being God's will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, the next passage is one that we've looked at over the last two Wednesday nights, and it's in Jeremiah chapter 10, and verse number 23. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. I'll just put it up on the screen. It says this, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Again, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Now, it's somewhere in my notes. I'm not going to put it up on the screen either uh, in addition to, but let me just remind you that 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. So when he's talking about your walk, he's talking about your daily life broken down uh, in, into its simplest form, which would be moment by moment, word by word, step by step, literally the steps that you take. Um, a lot of times, you know, we tend to look at the bigger things in our lives and not the, the, the smaller things, the smaller picture. And yet it's the smaller picture, you know, where our lives are really unfolding. And we can be deceived into thinking that we're men and women of faith, so therefore, because we believe in God, we walk by faith. But believing in God and walking by faith, two separate things. Um, Believing the Bible is the Word of God and walking by faith, two separate things. Walking by faith is taking who God is and what God has said and ordering your steps on a moment-by-moment, you know, step-by-step, even word-by-word. That's why in some places your life is referred to as your conversation. Because your life is unfolding with each decision you make, with each word you speak, um, with each thought that you have in your minds. 
So we've tried to define what it means to walk by faith. And walking by faith is when you align, line up your thoughts, your words, your actions with the Word of God. Walking by sight is when you align your thoughts, words, and actions with the way things look, seem, and feel. So let's go back now to the verses that we looked at tonight. Jeremiah chapter 10. And, and this to me is, <clears throat> it's such a, a fundamental passage. In other words, you know, God's Word is so diverse and it's multi-layered wisdom and, and there are certain verses that He has placed in His Word to establish a baseline, to, to establish an understanding. And a, a lot of times those verses, you don't need a lot of dictionaries. You don't, you don't need a lot of Greek or Hebrew or, or, or you know, reference books and stuff. I mean, they're just really straightforward, very simple, very plain. And again, this verse, very simple, very plain, when he says, I know the way of man is not in himself. Now, the way of man, he's talking about the way to live, the way to do, the way to act, the way to think, the way to speak, the way of life. In other words, God created us for a certain way of life. He created us to live a certain quality of life. A lot of times when we hear you know, or even think about God and His Word, we think that God is only speaking to our conduct. But it's, the only reason God even addresses your conduct is because your conduct impacts your quality or condition of life. And so Jesus came to, to elevate us, to raise us to a higher quality, a higher condition of life. Certainly He addressed our conduct because you know, there, are certain, uh, there are certain ways that we conduct ourselves, certain ways that we walk, that would prevent us from ever uh, achieving the higher quality of life that Jesus came to make available to us. This is why he says, I've come, I've come to give you life and to give it to you in overflowing abundance. And so he's talking about life on a, on a higher level, and that's a life that we experience by walking in faith. Any step that we take in life that's not of faith is a step towards an inferior life. But any step that we take in faith is our practical answering of God's call upon our lives and his call is an upward call. In other words, he's trying to bring you to a higher and better place. Now, if we take these two verses and combine them together, meaning in Jeremiah 10, he says the way of man is not in himself. Sometimes we say of like a small child that they're a blank slate or they're a blank canvas or that they're an empty vessel. And so the idea is that, you know, they go to school, they go to life experience, and, and as they grow and, and develop in life, they're, they're being filled, right? They're being filled with, with knowledge, they're being filled with experiences, they're being filled, you know, with um, you know, different things that they see. Um, and of course, all of this is forming within them um, a way of life or a lifestyle, because the reality of it is this, we were born to live a specific way, but that way's not in us when we're born. It's something that we have to go to our Creator to receive. This is very, very, very important. Please hear me. This means that this is something that we must go to our Creator to receive. He created us, but now we're dependent upon Him. He's the potter, we're the clay. He's way more to me than potter. I'm way more to Him than clay. I got that already. But that's where our relationship began, and I can never lose sight of that. You can never lose sight of that. 
He knows what's best. He knows the life that is not just generally speaking the life for you to live. He knows the specific life that He created and, and designed you and hardwired you to live. And He has the way to that life. It's not in you. It's in Him. And you have to receive it from Him. And it has to be literally go from Him into you. So this is why I want us to look at Colossians chapter 1 tonight as we, as, as we are getting this message underway. Because notice he's, His prayer was that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So, you know, Pops is, is uh, just a blessing like so many around here that, that do things behind the scenes. Pops, you know, uh, at least 50 out of 52 weeks a year, he's going to take this empty glass out of the cabinet and he's going to fill it with water and bring it to this pulpit so that if my throat gets dry while I'm speaking, I'll have something to drink. In other words, this glass, right, whoever created this glass, however it was formed, um, it wasn't formed with water in it. The water was not in it. The glass was formed to contain liquid, to contain something to drink, but the, the, the liquid didn't come in it. It had to be filled with the water. So when he says that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, he's talking about your heart, your life, your empty vessel that does not have the way of God in it for you to receive that and be filled with that. For it to, in other words, you have to receive that from an outside source. And that outside source, capital O, capital S, is speaking of God himself. Amen. Are you with me? This is, this is really, really, really important. Now, let me, if I could, comment on a couple of things here because let's go back to Colossians 1 and 9, filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Um, it's, it may not be the number one question that I've been asked over the years, but it's somewhere at least in the top ten, maybe the top five. And I mean, I had some people ask me this week, and, and, it, and it's basically a question that involves... Pastor Mark, how can I find, how will I know, where can I find God's will for my life? And it's interesting to me, first of all, that so many people, almost instinctively, almost it's like it's hardwired into them, that they have this base knowledge and understanding because of their belief in God that the God who created them has a purpose for their lives. People will randomly say, they have a close brush with death, and they'll randomly say, the good Lord upstairs, whatever, the good man, the man upstairs, whatever, he must have a purpose for my life. He must have a reason for me still being here. In other words, it's, it's, it's almost like we have this, this instinct that there's some greater purpose for our lives that was decided for us by the God who created us. And if you've ever had those thoughts or feelings, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So when it speaks of His will... There's a couple of things that I want you to understand, and these things are presented to us maybe in, in different forms, and even as they play out in different ways in our lives, but there is zero difference, listen to me very carefully now, there is zero difference between the three words that I'm about, I'm about to give you, okay? God's will for your life, God's ways for living the life He created you to live, and God's Word, okay? Again, His will for you, His Word to you, His ways for you, all right? The Word of God, the will of God, the ways of God. The Word of God, the will of God, the ways of God. God will never have 
something that he wants you to do that contradicts something he's already said. His will for your life will always agree with the word that he's already spoken to your life. And the way to do whatever it is that God has called you to do, God's ways, His ways will never contradict His Word. And His ways will will never work in conflict with His will, but His Word, His ways, and His will always, praise God, will work together and will sync together so much that there's really no difference. In other words, there's even places in the Scripture that I could show you, especially in the writings of you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit by David, is, is where he calls the Word of God the ways of God. And he uses those words interchangeably. Because again, God has revealed his ways of living through his Word. Are you following what I'm saying here? Like, for instance, if you want to know what God's will for you is concerning your finances, then one of the things you're going to find in the Word of God is that God desires for you to prosper. You're going to find things in the Word of God like He wants to give you the ability to get wealth. One of the things you're going to find in His Word is that His blessing on your life will not only make you rich, but it will add no sorrow to it. There's a lot of people who have wealth, but they have so much stress and and, and other things associated with that wealth that, that there's sorrow associated with the wealth. When Father God through His blessing, makes you wealthy. There's no sorrow. There's just joy that comes along with it. You're going to find things like, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. There's all kinds of things in God's Word concerning finances. But also concerning finances is you're going to find God's ways of handling money. You're going to find God's way of doing money. You're going to find that God's ways of doing money are completely different than this world's way of handling and doing money. Are you following what I'm saying? Again. So, but notice, God's will for you is to prosper, and His ways for you to prosper involve giving and tithing and sowing and reaping and breaking free from the slow-moving, buying and selling economy that fluctuates up and down and back and forth, and, and to learn how to lay up treasure in heaven. That doesn't mean that you can't access it before you get to heaven, and to, and to see um, you know, different things you know, unfold in your life and, and harvests start coming into your life. And again, we could just teach for hours on this. I'm not, I'm not necessarily here to talk about that. I'm just using it as, as one example. God's will, God's ways, God's word. Okay? So let me say it another way. To know God's individual will for your life, here's here's the most important thing God ever taught me, my father ever taught me about his will for my life, okay? He told me to focus on the part of his will for my life that I already knew and to do it diligently. And as long as I focused on the part of his will for my life that I knew, he would make sure that I never missed a turn when it was time to make one, that I would never uh, miss um, an opportunity um, when I wasn't sure about it, Um, that he would always make sure that the parts of his will that I didn't know, when it came time for those things, that, that he would steer me and guide me into that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise God. And so I call that the micro and the macro will of God. You know, microbiology is the small uh, parts and the details. Macro is the big picture. And if you want to see the big picture of God's will for your life, here it is. It's His Word. It's His Word. 
Um, I was talking to uh, Brother James last night, and God's really blessing our brother. He's got some job opportunities he's been praying about. And again, he wants to know God's will for his life, you know. And, um, and one of the things that I've been so impressed, and, and if you won't take it the wrong way, just proud uh, of, of my uh, younger brother James, is that he has started the ball rolling in his life. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I sometimes say it this way, you can't steer a parked car. But if you'll start doing the things that you already know to do from God's Word that are His will for your life, then as, as you start forward movement in that, now that you're moving, God can steer you. We even see like with, with some of the founding fathers of our faith that they started out on a missionary journey and found out not too long into it that that wasn't the right way to go. And God redirected them, right? And then they wound up exactly where they were supposed to be. But until they actually, well, bless God, we're going somewhere and we're going to do something to try to serve God and do what He says. But when they took that step and, and, and started that, that movement, then God was able to steer them. And, and then once He got them on the right course, specific you know, micro details of where and when and who and how, then all of a sudden they began, it went from movement to momentum, right? And next thing you know, man, they're turning the world upside down. So a lot of times, you know, what's the old saying, paralysis through analysis? You know, we're, I, I, I was there for so long in my life, I was afraid that I was going to do something out of God's will that I never did anything. And God's a big God, man. If, 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 if you're trying to do what's right and, and you take a wrong step, He can overcome that, right? He can, he can get you back where you need to be uh, and, 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 and keep you right back on course and even make up for time that you lost taking wrong turns. Amen? Amen. And He's never going to leave you or forsake you even if you take a wrong turn. So that's the confidence that we have, right? But anyway, God's Word, God's will, God's ways. This is why, you know, it all begins, of course, with, with knowing the Father. But here's the thing. You will never know Him better than you know His Word because He's revealed so much of Himself to us through His Word. And so, you know, over the last few Wednesday nights, we've, we've really been exalting the Word of God. Amen. And I know that makes some people maybe a little uncomfortable, but remember, God has exalted His Word above Himself. So we're not dishonoring God by honoring His Word, just the opposite. The more we honor His Word, the more we honor Him. The more we choose His Word, the more we choose Him. The more we know His Word, the more we know Him. The more we follow His Word, the more we follow Him. The more time we spend in His Word, the more time we spend. You can't spend time in the Word of God and not spend time with God because He is His Word. It's such a powerful thing. This is why there's so much resistance from the enemy around the Word of God, but we're breaking through that. Amen? All right, so let's go back now to, um, to Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. So, of course, I, I know that you know this, but just in case, you know, we got folks that are new and learning and I, you know there's no such thing as a dumb question or a bad question or anything like that I mean if we've got questions we've got questions so I want to make it so plain and so clear that everyone can understand it what we've done of course is we've gone from the Old Testament Jeremiah 10 to the New Testament Colossians 1 Jeremiah 10 is presenting the problem Colossians 1 is presenting the answer and of course there's other places and we'll get to them in the weeks ahead there's other places i mean isaiah 55 for instance still in the old testament but the bible makes it very clear that that god's ways are higher than our ways because our because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts 
But he's not just diagnosing a problem there. He goes on to say that God, like, like rain falls from the heavens down to the earth below, that God has sent his words, his thoughts in word form down to us, from heaven down to us. So again, the way of man is not in him. The way to the life that God created you to live and how to live that life, it's not in you. But God has that information and he has presented a, a whole lot of it right here in written form. And then he also you know, will speak to you and lead you and guide you as an individual when it comes to the specific details of your life. So Jeremiah 10 is presenting the problem where Colossians 1 over in the New Testament is where we find the answer. Now, I know again that for some of you this may be uh, things you already understand, but, um, or the, you know, stuff that you've already heard, stuff that you already know. But let me either plant this or water this. If you've heard it before, I'm watering it. If, 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 um, if you've never heard it, then, then we're planting it, all right? Um, the Bible has a lot to say um, about God's ways. And for that matter, the word way, W-A-Y, as in the way of doing things, the, a way of life, or what, you follow what I'm saying? That word is used and is found in so many verses. And I think with this broader you know, spectrum understanding that it's because the way of man's not in him. So no wonder the Bible talks so much about our way and the way and the right way, and the wrong way. And, and, and so we find this. So I guess, let me, let me just leave it at this, and I'll move on to at least some of these verses. As you read and study the Bible for yourself, every time you come across you know, God saying something about his way, or the way of man, or this or that, remember, he's talking about that because of this baseline that we find in Jeremiah 10. The way of man is not found in himself. And um, it's not in man who walks, who lives to direct his own steps. Remember, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, all your ways acknowledge him and he'll what? He will direct your steps. This is God's plan. So we're not going to look up all these verses, but let me just give you a, a quick, but when I say quick, um, quick in the sense I'm just going to give you some highlights, but also... Um, this is just a small sample of what the Bible has to say. For instance, here's, here's, another, here's an example. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way leads to death. So again, in context of Jeremiah 10 and 23, the way of man's not in himself. So this means every one of us is born looking for a way of life. Every one of us is born looking for the right way to live. And so it is common for people to find a way that seems right. That, you're hearing that word right. Let me go back. Let me go back. <laughs> some of you, I hear some of you using it in conversations. I hear some of you correcting yourself and other people. Thank you. Let's just keep on doing it. You correct me anytime, all right? If we're walking by sight, we're walking by the way things look, seem, and feel. If we're walking by faith, we're aligning our thoughts, words, and actions with what God has said, even if there is no evidence yet that it's true. So notice, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is death. 
I don't know about you, I'll be the first to raise my hand though. If, have you ever been wrong and thought you were right? I don't ever want to be there again. That's a very, very dangerous place to be. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his protection, right? So there's a way that seems right, but the end of that way is death. In different places throughout the word of God, especially in the Old Testament, we see where people cried out to God, and it's caught and captured in Bible verses. David, uh, among many, who cried out, Oh God, teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. There's a passage that says this, and it's, it's one of the great passages in the Bible, great in the sense that it's, it's greatly sad. The Bible says that the, that the people of Israel... Um, only knew the acts of God, but Moses knew his ways. Moses knew the ways of God, but the people of Israel only understood God's actions. In other words, what does that mean? It means they watched God do these things and they were interested in it, but their pursuit of him and their desire to understand him didn't go much further than that. Moses is the one who said, God, um, show me your glory. Moses is the one who said, if you're not going with me, I'm not going at all. You see the difference in the attitude there. And so because of Moses' pursuit of God, Moses learned God's ways. In other words, not just what God could do or what he was capable of doing, but the way God did it and why. So again, we see the use of this word ways. We already mentioned Isaiah 55. My ways are not your ways. That's God speaking. How about this one? Jump over in the New Testament for a few and then we'll finish. Jesus said this, broad is the way, wide, you know, think five-lane highway in Los Angeles, okay, you know. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. He went on to say, narrow is the way that leads to life. Many, many people find the broad way, the, the path, as the poet would say, the path most traveled. So it's, it's a well-beaten path, it's a well-worn path. And it's the one that people find, and it seems right, because after all, nine out of ten dentists can't be wrong, you know. I mean, this is the right toothpaste. Everybody else is doing it. So broad is the way that seems right that leads to destruction. But there's a narrow way that leads to life. And Jesus said, few they be that find it. So are you catching, you know, what the Word of God, at least in a generalized way, is saying to us? And then we'll, we'll finish here. Jesus said in John, I think it's the 14th chapter, I am the way. I see some of you nodding. You were waiting on it, weren't you? Amen. <laughs> wait for it, wait for it. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay. So this again, if you take all these verses, but especially... Um, Jeremiah 10, John 14. You, you, you see the fulfillment. The way of man is not found in himself. Jesus says, I am the way. Amen. In other words, he set the example for us to follow. And if we will learn from his example and follow in his footsteps, he has charted a course, blazed a trail, if you will, to the way that God created you and me to live.
Amen. We'll get into this more next week. I want to leave you with something to think about. And this was kind of part of my uh, prayer time and, and just meditating on this passage and giving the Holy Spirit an opportunity to kind of speak to me first for myself, my own life, but then, you know, to have some things to, uh, to share with you from Him. And um, just in meditating over that verse, don't be offended at this, okay, but just hear me, all right? The Holy Spirit just kind of gave me a real gentle prompting. He 